0: Sometimes I wouldn't hear from him, and I didn't have his phone number. I didn't have any way to, to get in touch with him. Jared wanted to know where his dad was. I just told him that, you know, he'd gone away somewhere. We had heard from him, and honestly, I thought that. I thought that he wasn't contacting me because I would tell his probation officer where he was. So I thought he was hiding from us. Josh's probation officer kept calling me, and so I assumed that they were looking for him, but they weren't.
1: It's like that cliche of the kid in school who gets in trouble in fifth grade and they write on his permanent record, problem child, right? That's what happened with Josh when he got drug charges.
0: His mom really became alarmed when he didn't call on her birthday. It was so odd that Christmas would pass and he wouldn't contact Jared.
1: When Stacy did eventually go to the law enforcement about Josh, they told her that they had found Josh's car seven months before with the keys in the ignition sitting in the parking lot. And they had never contacted her.
0: known, I would have been suspicious that something had happened to him. I would have reported him missing much earlier on. You know, I feel like if a car's found missing that the family of the owner should be contacted. So, you know, that was something that um, I think could have been handled better.
1: They look on his jacket and he's got a felony thing They Oh, this guy wandered off. This guy's a cliche. He doesn't care about his family. He's off getting high somewhere. You know, and he's real easy to write off. You're not going to put a lot of police resources into that when you don't have police resources because they don't deem those people important enough to spend resources on North Carolina's in the Bible Belt. It's God's country. One of the reasons there was so much hype around Pazuzu... The big part of Pazuzu's infamy in the local underworld, and the myth he was able to build up around himself, was a direct response to the evangelical Christian fervor in his community.
2: I do believe in the devil. devil prays on the weak. Winston-Salem was full of weak people. I was a preacher's daughter. I was heavily involved in church doing the Lord's work. When I first met Pazuzu, he told me that he was the gatekeeper of hell. The first time I met them. I drove Amber, or Bubbles, and Pazuzu home. When I saw their front door, that's when I knew something was highly wrong. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to leave immediately. Um, But they asked me to stay and watch a home video of theirs. The video was of Pazuzu and Bubbles dancing around, naked, Bubbles lying on a bed in one scene, doing inappropriate things to herself. I knew the video made me nauseous. It was intense. Zuzu, in one shot, had a knife and a bloody bandana on his head. Apparently, it was Josh's bandana, from what I was told by everyone that hung out with him. They had trapped him in a basement. And they'd starved him for days. And either before or after they shot him, they cut off his extremities his arms, and his legs, and his penis. And they buried him in pieces. Crystal was proud to tell everyone she knew that she was involved.
3: He had spoken to me on several occasions that he had killed homeless people and done a whole bunch of other people really badly, shot a few people, stabbed a few people. There was never any proof to my knowledge of any of these things happening you know i just thought that he was trying to look cool i was there hanging out and paz told me hey i got a person in my basement okay cool whatever dude <laughs> it's not my problem i was told if a person comes out of the basement don't let him go no one ever made a sound no one ever knocked on a door no one ever did anything. I was told that there was a person in the basement. I said, sure. If they come out of the basement, I'll make sure they don't leave. Clearly thinking that they're full of shit. Fazizu looked at me, grabbed a very large knife. It was more or less a sword, but uh, he said, I've done something. He didn't say what he had done. He said, you're gonna help me dig this hole or I'm gonna kill you.
4: When I first heard about the murder, my father was hanging out with Crystal Matlock, another female that was involved. My name is Terina Billings, and I was the first person to come forward to the police in the Pazuzu Algarid case. Crystal Matlock, she invited Pazuzu and his girlfriend over. And so everybody's having a good time drinking. A few hours later, he starts bragging about how he shot a guy six times with a shotgun and how he had the body downstairs in the basement covered with cat litter and bleach to keep the smell down. And we all thought he was lying because he was drunk and we're like, he's crazy. The day after the party, um, my father had left with Crystal Matlock. Um, They came back a few hours later and had Pazuzu's mother, Cynthia, with them my dad had cut off jean shorts on. He had dirt all over him and he didn't have the t-shirt on that he had that morning. He had no shirt. I tried to ask questions. He wouldn't answer me. And Cynthia just, there was something going on at her house. She just needed to get back right away. So they left. And when they left, I followed behind them. Followed them to the house. They pulled into the garage. And my dad came and saw me pull up in the front. And he runs across the yard to the road and just told me to get the hell out of there and the way he said it, I just, I listened and I left. My father, he didn't open up to me at first in the beginning, but my best friend, he did open up to her and tell her everything that happened as far as Bazuzu chopping up the body, burying it in the backyard. There were other people there at the time, but I don't know their names. It was very hard to go to the police, but I thought, what if that was my brother Buried in somebody's backyard, I I would want somebody to come forward and say something. They met us at the Yakin County Park. I was sitting in the the car with a detective and he asked me um, names of the people that I knew that were involved. So I told him Crystal Matlock was one, Alan Billings, my father. Pazuzu algorithm i have called him a caveman because that's what he looked like to me. I didn't know his name at that time.
1: And what did the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department do with that information? Well, from what I've heard, they went to Pazuzu's house, knocked on the door, straight up told him that there had been reports of murder and bodies buried in the backyard. When asked if the reports were true, Pazuzu said no. When asked if they could search his house, he said no again. So the officer left. Now, why would the police do that?
5: My name is Brad Stanley. On average... Scythe County Sheriff's Office in uh, in those areas, we have two, maybe three homicides a year. We had information uh, previously to go to the residents through our local Crime Stoppers program where they don't have to identify themselves. Unfortunately, just those tips are not enough many times to develop uh, probable cause. So you're back to 2009. You've got multiple reports that
1: Zuzu has killed and put someone in his backyard. Yeah, the one Salem police department with Josh's car and with Crime Stoppers tips referring to it as Zuzu. I mean, it's ridiculous. Everybody in the community knows this guy. He's absolutely—he's even become an urban legend or a suburban legend—and nobody's doing anything about it.
2: I think. God put me on drugs and God put me where I was to help Stacy find out what happened to her boyfriend. I was at a party with a friend I worked with and I was doing mushrooms and hula hooping and having a lot of fun. There was like a liquor luge there and it was really fun. Um, and it was like two, three in the morning. She said she had to take me home So, we were driving down South Creek Parkway, and we were just talking, and um, I happened to mention Pazuzu supposedly killed this guy named Josh, and she was like, what? Her face turned shocked. It was just shock and surprise, and just like I had uncovered a mystery for her, and she said, you need to meet my friend Stacy. So we concocted the plan that I would get a voice recording of information on how Josh died um, or was murdered, because like I said, they were very proud of what they did and what they were. I went with my phone to record any information I could. There were several people that spoke up on the voice recording but the main voice was Nate. I started laughing and said, is it true that Fuzuzu actually killed people? And Nate looked at me and said, well, yeah, like it was common knowledge. He said, yeah, he'd killed people. I went to the sheriff's apartment with a voice recording and my personal knowledge of who was involved in the murders and told them what I knew. I I know I looked crazy, but they didn't take anything I said seriously. I traveled down to Salisbury to see Stacy. We come to this farm and the farm is pretty. There's horses everywhere. It's just like a setup for, like, a beautiful movie. We get there, and I'm meeting Stacy. Hi, Stacy. I see this boy. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's a kid here. And then I see him walk in front of me. And then it hit me. This dad was murdered. His dad is buried in the back of someone's yard and I have this huge breakthrough story. So many emotions ran through my mind when I saw him thinking, oh my God, his dad was murdered by this guy that I happen to know.
1: Sensationalism surrounding the Pazuzu story up to this point. What I looked and saw was Josh Wessler and Stacy, a guy who's been taken away from his mother, taken away from his son. All these people's lives are forever disrupted and changed. He's left a hole. A fellow like Josh with a felony drug conviction, just written off by society, by police. You know, but there are people that love him.
0: You know, when I heard that he was Josh was buried in Pazuzu's backyard, like I said I didn't know who that was or anything like that. Then I went to the police and I told him, I said, "You're gonna, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I think my son's father is buried in, you know, this guy's backyard in Clemens." And and it turns out the officer didn't think I was crazy because he had heard rumors of that already.
5: executed a search warrant at 2749 Knob Hill Drive in Clemens, North Carolina. Our investigators, again, Uh, acted on as much information as they had at that time. There was no evidence that we were able to find based on the information.
0: We were told that they had gotten cadaver dogs and they had done a search of the yard um, and that they found nothing. I really did not know what to think because I was so sure that Josh was there in Susie's yard. When they didn't find him, I wasn't sure anymore what had happened.
1: They sealed the search warrants. Now that's not unusual for an ongoing investigation, but I'm starting to think that there's something about this case that the sheriffs don't want us to know about. To be a tight-lipped. I've been reaching out to them, but no one is willing to go on the record.
0: I didn't have any evidence of what had happened to Josh Jared needed some answers I told Jared that we're pretty sure that his father had died what passed over his face was like this look of relief and it hit me that like for a child a parent dying was way easier to accept than being abandoned you know it was almost like when he thought his dad abandoned him, that was harder for him to understand.
1: Even with the sheriff's silence and all the unanswered questions, I know there are a number of people inside of Azuzu Circle who know exactly what happened.
6: I started actually hanging out with Pazuzu on a regular basis. I started dating this girl, Dixie. She was intrigued with him and his girlfriend, Amber, or Bubbles, as we called her. She became real close with them very fast, and we started going over to his house to hang out. She walked out onto their back porch with me one night and pointed out the backyard. She was like, did you ever stop and think why the ground is so uneven out here? She was basically implying that, you know, he had killed a lot of people or that there are a lot of bodies buried in that backyard. She actually divulged that she helped, I think, rebury a body. I think she feared for her life being so close to them.
7: As I'm coming back from Iraq coming back from my deployment. Like Fort Lewis, Washington. I call her and she says I'm part of family. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about I'm part of family? I know something happened you know this doesn't make sense like uh this is weird you know, this is like some charles fake charles Manson shit you know i was scared for her protection her life i bought a plane ticket for like two days later you know and as soon as she got off the plane she was a different person a completely different person we're riding from the airport she tells me the whole story she tells me that Amber calls her. She goes to the front door, and she said, we murdered a guy. We shot him in the head. If you don't help us bury him, because such a thing, we're going to bury you with him. Amber and her dragged the body out in the backyard, and they started digging the hole. Try to push him in this hole, and the hole was too shallow. Part of his knees still sticking out of the dirt, so they put a tarp over him, and she took a picture of it. That's how I know all this shit. This is how I know that there's a dead body in the backyard. So what the fuck do I do? His aura is very
6: intoxicating. You just feel free and powerful in his presence.
7: Like, I keep thinking about it. Think about it, like, it was sat there rotting on my brain for years and years and years. There's a body in the yard. They actually showed up to his house, SWAT team, like, battle rattle, like,
1: they're ready to rock you would be hard-pressed to, to be inside the house and not think that the person who lived there was capable of about anything.
7: He's like, Let, let's kill him right now. We'll get away
0: with it. They shot him in his head and he fell dead.